Good evening. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Viv, and a special warm welcome to any guests or visitors joining us this evening for our uh, fourth week of our Lenten midweek series on the small catechism, the sacrament of the altar. Uh, tonight, as you look to week four in your bulletin, you'll see that we're taking up the question, how can bodily eating and drinking do such great things? And we will look to our lessons from Exodus 16, 1 Corinthians 11, and then our psalm this evening, Psalm 34, for the answers to that question. The service is Vespers as it begins on page 229. We now sing the first hymn. The first reading is from Exodus chapter 16. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of the people of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the fifteenth day of the second month after they had departed from the land of Egypt. And the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the people of Israel said to them, Would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt, when we sat by the meat pots and ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day, that I may test them, whether they will walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, it will be twice as much as they gather daily. So Moses and Aaron said to all the people of Israel, At evening you shall know that it was the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord, because he has heard your grumbling against the Lord. For what are we that you grumble against us? And Moses said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat, and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him, what are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. Then Moses said to Aaron, Say to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. And as soon as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the people of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the people of Israel. Say to them, At twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. In the evening quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning dew lay around the camp. And when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing, fine as frost on the ground. When the people of Israel saw it, they said to one another, What is it? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Gather of it each one of you as much as he can eat. You shall each take an omer according to the number of the persons that each of you has in his tent. And the people of Israel did so. They gathered some more, some less. But when they measured it with an omer, whoever gathered much had nothing left over. And whoever gathered little had no lack. Each of them gathered as much as he could eat. And Moses said to them, Let no one leave any of it over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left part of it till the morning, and it bred worms and stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as he could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. On the sixth day they gathered twice as much bread, two omers each, and when all the leaders of the congregation came and told Moses, he said to them, This is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, 
a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake, and boil what you will boil, and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. So they laid it aside till the morning, as Moses commanded them, and it did not stink, and there were no worms in it. Moses said, Eat it today, for today is a Sabbath to the Lord. Today you will not find it in the field. Six days you shall gather it, but on the seventh day, which is a Sabbath, there will be none. On the seventh day, some of the people went out to gather, but they found none. And the Lord said to Moses, How long will you refuse to keep my commandments and my laws? See, the Lord has given you the Sabbath. Therefore, on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. Remain each of you in his place. Let no one go out of his place on the seventh day. So the people rested on the seventh day. Now the house of Israel called its name manna. It was like coriander seed, white, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Let an omer of it be kept throughout your generations, so that they may see the bread with which I fed you in the wilderness when I brought you out of the land of Egypt. And Moses said to Aaron, take a jar and put an omer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept throughout your generations. As the Lord commanded Moses, so Aaron placed it before the testimony to be kept. The people of Israel ate the manna 40 years till they came to a habitable land. They ate the manna till they came to the border of the land of Canaan. O Lord, have mercy on us. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. O Lord, have mercy on us. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The sermon this evening is based upon all the texts which we have heard thus far. Forty years. It's quite a significant amount of time in one's life. In 40 years, a person is born, learns to crawl, walk, talk, is educated, grows into adulthood, gets married, has children, and in centuries past could have already been expecting the first of their grandchildren. For 40 years, God's people Israel were fed in the wilderness by God himself with manna in the morning and quail in the evening. The Lord sustained his people. He fed them faithfully and graciously, generously, and he led them to the promised land. As he did for his Old Testament saints, so the Lord is doing for you. For some of you, it has been 40 years, others more, others less. Your Heavenly Father has provided for your daily bread throughout your life. He has provided for all your needs of body and soul. From the womb of your mother, he brought you forth into this world, and by water and the word, you were born again, born from above, in the waters of holy baptism, as he claimed you as his baptized child, adopted by grace, and joined to the death, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus. Your Heavenly Father has faithfully and generously provided for you, just as he has promised to do. 
What he has spoken in his word, he has done, he is doing, and he will do. Despite all your sins of thought, word, and deed, when the Holy Spirit brings you to repentance, you confess your sins, and your Father in heaven forgives your sins for the sake of Christ Jesus. As we confessed in the psalm earlier, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And as it is written in Psalm 32, I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. God has a perfect track record of keeping his word. So then, when Luther puts the following question before us, how can bodily eating and drinking do such great things? We are faithfully led right back into Scripture, into the truth of God's pure word. Certainly not just eating and drinking do these things, but the words written here, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. These words, along with the bodily eating and drinking, are the main thing in the sacrament. Whoever believes these words has exactly what they say, forgiveness of sins. Our Lord Jesus says, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, and so we take the bread which is his body and we eat it. So also, we take the cup of wine which is his blood and we drink it. Amen and amen. Human reason cannot grasp this wonder, and quite honestly, it doesn't need to. The sacrament to the altar doesn't stand on your reason or your understanding. It stands upon the word of God alone. Therefore, in obedience to that word, we do as our Lord bids. We eat and we drink in faith and we receive exactly what is promised, his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. God be praised. Dear saints, it really doesn't need to be complicated. The Lord speaks and it is so. He says, do this, and we do it with the amen sounding in our hearts and our minds and upon our lips. We do not doubt that the Lord created all we see and know in six 24-hour days, and yet will we stumble over his clear, simple words regarding his Holy Supper? The simple and clear teaching of the Lord's Supper was captured beautifully in the office hymn that we sung just minutes ago this evening. Listen again to the words of stanzas 1, 4, and 5. Lord Jesus Christ, you have prepared this feast for our salvation. It is your body and your blood, and at your invitation, as weary souls with sin oppressed, we come to you for needed rest, for comfort, and for pardon. We eat this bread and drink this cup, your precious word, believing that your true body and your blood, our lips, are here receiving. This word remains forever true. All things are possible with you. For you are Lord Almighty. Though reason cannot understand, yet faith this truth embraces. Your body, Lord, is even now at once in many places. I leave it to you how this can be. Your word alone suffices me. I trust its truth unfailing. Now, the unbelieving world and even our own sinful nature, it will never stop crying out, How? How? How is this possible? How can this be? The answer is as simple as this, because Jesus says so. Or, should you prefer to respond with Holy Scripture, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible, our Savior says in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 19. Our Lord Jesus says it is, so it is. 
When we are assaulted by the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh, we hold fast to God's clear word. We remember that our Lord has also said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Though our enemies may rage against us and scoff at God's word, with the help of the Spirit, we hold fast to the truth. As our world continues down the path of darkness, perversion, and unbelief, we stand upon the ruins with our heads lifted high. We daily confess our sins, and we rest in Christ's blood-bought forgiveness. We rise from sleep each day, standing upon the promises our Heavenly Father has made to us in baptism, that we have been washed, sanctified, justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Standing with all of God's baptized saints through the ages, we can say, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Regardless of the years that God has appointed for your life, he's faithful. The years of our life may be 20, 40, 60, or even by reason of strength, 80. Nevertheless, your faithful God is with you, and he is for you. When he rebukes you with his law, he does so as a loving father, calling you to repentance, calling you from darkness to light, from death to life, that you would rest in his forgiveness and mercy, and the forgiveness and mercy given us by Christ our Savior. And when he absolves your sins, he binds up your wounds, he heals your broken heart, and consoles your conscience with the very blood of Jesus. All that you need for this body and life comes from his gracious hand. All that you need for eternal life and salvation, it has been accomplished by Christ's death and resurrection and given in his word and blessed sacrament. Therefore, we pray, Lord, I believe what you have said. Help me when doubts assail me. Remember that I am but dust and let my faith not fail me. Your supper in this veil of tears refreshes me and stills my fears and is my priceless treasure. Grant that we may worthily receive your supper, Lord our Savior, and truly grieving o'er our sins may prove by our behavior that we are thankful for your grace and day by day may run our race in holiness increasing. For your consoling supper, Lord, be praised throughout all ages. Preserve it for in every place the world against it rages. Grant that this sacrament may be a blessed comfort unto me when living and when dying. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, our great high priest, cleanse us by the power of your redeeming blood, that in purity and peace we may worship and adore your holy name. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Well, once again, good evening and welcome. And uh, it may have struck you, if you've not sung that final hymn before, that it's strange that Luther's name shows up in a hymn. Well, it's the only hymn in the hymnal where it does, but also contained in this hymn is actually... All the teachings of the small catechism itself, if you're paying close attention, they're all included in there. Uh, as soon as you get to, let's see, stanza two, help us your holy law, ten commandments to learn, to mourn our sin from a turn, and faith to you and to your Son and Holy Spirit, three in one.
Creed is right there. Hear us, dear Father, when we pray the Lord's Prayer for needed help from day to day, that as your children we may live whom you baptized, baptism, and so received. Lord, when we fall or go astray, absolve and lift us up, we pray. Confession and absolution, office of the keys, and through the sacrament increase our faith till we depart in peace, the sacrament of the altar. So go in that simple truth of God's word, that in the body and blood of Jesus Christ you receive exactly what the words promise and give, the forgiveness of your sins, and that as God's baptized and forgiven children, we rest in his peace all our days until he calls us home into his nearer presence. And so... Go in that peace this evening. I'll greet you at the door.